Welcome to Curve Beam Connect. Listen in monthly as we talk with doctors and experts in the field discussing innovations and insights into orthopedic imaging. Welcome to the Curve Beam Connect podcast, where we give doctors, patients, and anyone interested in healthcare and technology a look into how our solutions are changing medicine. I'm your host, Vinti Singh, Director of Marketing here at Curve Beam. This episode, we are sitting down with Caroline Van Heikamp, initiator of T-Souls in Soul Systems, and she's going to introduce us to T-Souls' innovative approach to designing custom insoles from weight-bearing CT scans. Caroline previously worked at Wright Medical, where she was a key player in developing Wright's expansion into the European, Middle Eastern, and African markets. She also served previously as International Sales and Marketing Manager for Surgicube, a low-cost way to convert clinic spaces into ultra-clean operating rooms. Welcome, Caroline. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for introducing me and thanks for uh, asking me to be part of this uh, podcast. And where in the world are you joining us today? Today, I'm joining you from Europe, where we are located in the Netherlands, also known as Holland, and where we, to not overcomplicate things, we speak Dutch. Okay, great. Wonderful. Well, it's um, tulip season is uh, just approaching it is, yeah. in Holland. It looks very nice. It doesn't mean that we all wear wooden shoes. <laughs> <laughs> but we do have a lot of nice flowers in our backyards. <laughs> That's great. So, Caroline, how many people in Holland do you estimate use insoles currently in their footwear? So, in the Netherlands, a total of 60 million euros is paid out to healthcare insurances annually to compensate insole wearers for the purchase of their insoles. Wow. This is only a fraction of the actual amount spent on insoles, as the insurance only covers a small part of the actual cost. If we look at the total number of people, then studies show that one out of five people over uh, 65 years of age, they have food problems for which they seek help. The real number of people who would benefit from insoles is actually much higher. You can compare it to the number of people who wear glasses or contact lenses. Years ago, when glasses were very expensive, only those people who really needed them were willing to spend that much money on glasses. But nowadays, you can find glasses for a few euros, and you therefore see many more people wearing them. And we will see the same with insoles, because nowadays the insoles are so expensive, only people with severe food problems are willing to spend that much money on them. While actually many more people would benefit from insoles, for instance, to compensate for leg length differences after hip surgery or because they have flat feet or they don't even know that the pain in their shoulders or neck would disappear if they would change the arc of their foot. They don't realize that the problems that they have started at the bottom, at their feet. And for those who are willing to spend uh, a lot of money today on insoles, they have no guarantee on forehand that the designed insoles will actually fix their issue. And that's what you see in practice. The patient comes back to the referrer showing that all the different insoles that they've tried and stating that the foot problems are still there. And it's not due to the fact that the insole is not the right solution. It's due to the design of the insole not being the correct design. So what are some of the problems with the current methodology for how insoles are designed, why are we not making them correctly right now? There are a couple of problems and aspects in the current insole design process that need to be improved, Vinti. In the current insole design process, only the outside of the feet are modeled. 
and it's mostly based on podiatrists' subjective interpretations. With the T-cell systems, the podiatrist can produce insoles based on insights into the biomechanical and anatomical food characteristics of the internal bone structure of the foot. And the scan allows us to see the inside of the foot and the foot body of the foot. And the insoles are calculated by an algorithm and therefore the insole design is accurate and consistent. So that's one. But secondly, in the current process, the shoe model is neglected. So they don't take the shoe into account when uh, designing an insole. And therefore, you risk producing an in ill-fitting insole, whereby with the T-sole system, you scan the foot while wearing the shoe. Therefore, you can make insoles that fit the shoe and the foot perfectly. And you can do this for any shoe, from high heel to ski boot. And at last, the insole design is very labor-intensive at the moment, and that can take up to weeks. Whereas with the T-cell system, it aims to create insoles automatically and they will be ready uh, while the patient waits as we print them with a 3D printer. So in summary, T-cells is able to look inside the foot and design the insole based on internal bone and bone structure instead of external foot characteristics. The insole design fits the shoe perfectly from the get-go. And due to our ability to use algorithms, the insole design is accurate and consistent and produced in lesser time, making the insole much more cost-effective. And then also let's look at another aspect of nowadays. In these times with COVID-19, the T-cell system will allow also for designing and producing the insoles while maintaining the social distancing restraints, which is not possible in the current way that podiatrists are uh, measuring the insoles. Because the current way really requires the podiatrist to be quite hands-on, making sure that the foot is- With the patient. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. That the mold is actually encompassing the foot. It, it requires a lot of contact. Yeah, mm -hmm. true, mm -hmm. true. Can you walk us through the T-soles process from beginning to end? Well, maybe we should start with the current process. You would go to your podiatrist, you would say, I have foot problems. They would find, get a mold of your foot either through pressing it in foam or pressing it in plaster of Paris. And then that is sent to a specialist who is able to use that mold to mill an insole, which you said that process can be very time in intensive. Then it's sent back to you. And then you're taking this mold that was made from your barefoot and then putting it into your shoe. And your foot does change once it's in any shoe. So now you're taking a barefoot mold for a shoe and that could cause some problems. How does T-soles change that? Walk us through the process from a patient is hurt and they use the T-soles method. What's, what's different? So what would happen with us is that the, the patient would step into the PetCat 3D scanner with his or her shoes on, then and the scanner makes the scan and an algorithm calculates the insole design of the foot inside the shoe in a standing and weight bearing position. Then the data comes back to the podiatrist and they still on their screen have the ability to adjust or customize the design if and they're not happy with uh, what the algorithm uh, calculated. The final design uh, where the podiatrist sign off on is sent to the 3D printer and then right away the insole is printed while the patient waits. And then the insole can be put in the shoe and, <laughs> and the patient can give their uh, comments immediately to the podiatrist. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit more about the algorithm and, and how that works? What is it calculating? 
what we are able to do from the data of the scans is look at the individual uh, bone uh, segments within the foot. And then and you can look at uh, specific landmarks on those bones and then say, okay, I want those landmarks not positioned here, but I want those landmarks positioned over there. And then you can calculate what the insole would need to look like to reposition those foot bones. And that's what the algorithm does. And what is these data that you use to understand how landmarks should be adjusted to make sure that the foot is properly uh, aligned? So this is something that we are still uh, also further uh, developing uh, because we need more data scans or data sets of scans to uh, validate um, the algorithm and look at all the different foot anatomies. Uh, it's very different if you have a flat foot compared to a helix valgus to then state what should the insole design uh, actually look like. So as soon as we have more data sets, we're able to better validate the algorithm. And how do you, you know, when you're approaching the average podiatrist who's very used to doing things the traditional way, how do you convince them that they should move to this completely new model, uh, which is accounting for landmarks in the foot and looking at true alignment instead of just surface. Have you met any resistance from any end users? There will, of course, always be people who like uh, the way that they are currently doing that and, uh, and in, in their <laughs> practice. That's the same with all uh, innovations that are brought to the market. Some people uh, embrace it and other people are resilient to it. Luckily, we found partners who uh, embrace it and who are willing to work with us to further uh, develop and, uh, and come with the data sets and give us the feedback needed to, uh, to further perfect uh, the designs. They need to see uh, what's in it for them. Eh? If it means that they can open their practice uh, in the current situation because uh, they are less uh, uh, reliant on their physical interaction with the patient, but they can rely more on data. Mm -hmm. And that it will take lesser of their time to come towards uh, an insole design uh, and that it's accurate and consistent every time. And it's not the case that if they would go, the patient goes to 10 different podiatrists, that they would come back with 10 different insole designs, but it's always the same insole design. Mm -hmm. If the podiatrist sees the benefit in their own practice uh, and that they can see that they can uh, see many more patients in the same amount of time, they embrace it. And uh, would the actual insole itself look different if potentially the patient is getting scanned in, say, a work boot versus a uh, dressy high heel? Could you see differences in the design? Yes, Definitely, because the, the weight bearing uh, is different. And the shoe is different. So uh, it's you can't fit uh, an insole for a high heel in your, or the, the high heel for your ski, uh, the, the insole for your ski boot doesn't fit your high heel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now people will have the ability to, uh, to get the insoles for the shoes that they want them for. That makes sense. Um, so could you talk a little bit about when uh, this company was founded and sort of the timeline up until now and when this service will be available uh, in Holland? You're asking, how did I come up with the idea to uh, to find a better way to create insoles? Yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. already during my neuroscience studies, I've always been very interested in equipment to look at the brain because uh, how I see it, seeing is believing. So I like to be able to visualize 
the situation. And that interest in imaging equipment has always remained. So when I saw Curve Beam's PetCat 3D CT scanner at one of the conferences, my interest was immediately piked. Mm -hmm. I saw the possibilities to do more with this 3D scanner than only use it for diagnostics. And because the data from the scanner could very well be used to solve a very common problem that's incorrect fitting insoles. So the idea arose to have insoles that fit directly into the shoe of choice by measuring the foot while the patient is standing and still wearing his shoes. And this is unique. There's no other party which has the opportunity to measure insoles based on the bone structure of the customer while the customer is still wearing his or her shoes. So we can make insoles for high heels, but also for um, ski boots or running shoes. And we can create insoles for those running shoes to fit perfectly, but also for your ski boots. And we've patented the technology now in Europe, in the US, in Canada, in the Middle East and in Asia. Mm -hmm. So we are the only ones who are able to, uh, to do this. So it sounds like there's been a lot of work culminating. It's required, you know, the marriage of technology and innovation and just uh, certain things becoming uh, aligned. When will this service be available for podiatrists to offer to their patients? So at this moment, we are already able to design insoles that fit the foot inside the shoe and create a comfort insole. And we estimate that by the end of this year, our software is validated to such an extent that we can also start to create therapeutic insoles. By therapeutic, you mean clinically, clinically effective insoles? Yeah, where you will really reposition the, the bone uh, segments within the foot. Okay, gotcha. I wanted to explain that at this moment of time, we can uh, measure the area between uh, the foot and the shoe. And therefore, we can uh, come up with an insole which really fits the foot and the shoe. But we still need to validate the software further to really create the therapeutic insoles where yeah, there's an adjustment of the foot bone structure. So you're currently working with some podiatry partners right now to have test patients uh, to, to further validate and refine the technology. We will use the PetCat in the Netherlands to make weight-bearing imaging available to Dutch orthopedic specialists. And while weight-bearing imaging in some other European countries is as common as it is in the US, we are the first to introduce this option now in the Netherlands. We can attract and anonymize the data and use this to further develop our algorithm. That's great. Can you talk a little bit more about how you've made the technology available in Holland? Well, it was a, a matter of partnering with you and partnering with uh, Dutch orthopedic specialists and also with the radiologists and um, uh, other parties who are joint forces to um, allow for a machine like the PetCat uh, curve beam to, uh, to be installed in the Netherlands. And we are now the first location who has a, a PetCat in the Netherlands. It's located in Almere and we're working with different partners there under the same roof who are all involved with the, the foot and ankle. So a patient comes in and there's an orthopedic surgeon, there's a, a physiotherapist uh, dedicated to foot and ankle, um, uh, there's a podiatrist there. All of them together work uh, with the patient to, uh, to help them with their, uh, their foot problem. Well, congratulations, first of all, for um, being the first to offer weight-bearing CT in the Netherlands and, and for opening this location. And it sounds like uh, this medical facility would not be just for getting custom insoles, but also if you need any sort of foot and ankle treatment. True. Yeah. Yeah. 
so and for the conservative uh, treatment, we have all the uh, the parties there. But of course, if uh, if you would require surgery, then you go into another route. And it's been indeed quite a, a, ch a challenge and a route to uh, to get there. <laughs> the, they, they didn't make it that easy for us to uh, to get a, a the curved beam machine installed in the Netherlands. But we're very happy and fortunate that finally we've been able to, uh, yeah, to get the machine and to allow Dutch uh, people to also be able to, uh, to use this technology to better diagnose their uh, food issues. So when this uh, new clinic opens in Almere, am I saying that correctly? Almere, yeah, in the Netherlands. You will, at first, it'll be a regular clinic where you're treating patients uh, with, with regular foot problems um, and you'll be using the 3D weight-bearing scan to assist with that, uh, but you'll also be taking their 3D weight-bearing scans and using those uh, to kind of experiment with the insole design and then using those experiments you expect to be able to have enough data to then come out with a therapeutic solution towards the end of the year? Absolutely correct. Yeah, so... The, the clinic will open and then there's a T-scan surfaces. So a patient can be scanned through uh, T-scan surfaces and then we will uh, be using with their consent the data uh, an anonymously to test and validate uh, the software to come towards uh, the insoles. Uh, and then also, yeah, like you stated, uh, give the, the patients the possibility to also provide us already the feedback. And the same for the podiatrist we work with. And then by the end of the year, we anticipate that we've been able to do enough tests to have the, the algorithm as such that we can create the therapeutic insoles. May I ask, do you have a goal or, or an estimation of how many data sets you would need to perfect the algorithm? That really also depends on the food problem at hand. Some uh, food problems are, are easier than others but we're talking about a few hundred scans at least. Okay, okay. Um, but for a normal, busy uh, foot and ankle clinic, seeing uh, that many patients is, is achievable in, in a few months. Yes, it is. Once the scan is taken and the data is uploaded and anonymized, how do you then take that and print the insole? What is the process and what are the materials that you're using? So eventually the, the data doesn't have to be anonymized, but in the beginning, because we want to use such large data sets, easier for us to, uh, to do it uh, that way. You can imagine that there's still a lot of innovation also taking place in 3D scanning. So every month, um, there are new printers coming out and new uh, materials. We've got a, a great company here in the Netherlands. It's uh, quite big. It's called DSM, and they're working on a lot of different materials for printers. Uh, we are constantly reinvestigating which materials are best for the printing of the insoles and also um, uh, which printers are faster uh, tomorrow than uh, they were yesterday, which eventually will allow us to print while the patient waits. Now it's still taking a little bit longer. Yeah, you can't print uh, a pair of insoles in 15 minutes. It still takes longer for us to do that. But we do anticipate that in the near future, you will be able to print while waiting. Well, we, we very much appreciate you taking the regulatory challenges head on. Um, and soldiering through to make this technology available 
to the people in Netherlands. And you did mention earlier that you have patents not only in the Netherlands, but around the world. So do you envision that eventually this ability to get a custom insole will be available to people outside of Holland as well? Yes, definitely. So at this moment of time, you need to be in the Netherlands to uh, be able to uh, become a customer. But considering that we're developing a system with a scanner in our software and a 3D printer, uh, which allows you to print the insoles at the location of choice. So eventually that can definitely also be outside of the, the Netherlands. So basically everyone who is in reach of the PetCat scanner and a 3D printer will be able to use the software. That's wonderful. And you talk about, you know, as this becomes uh, more available throughout the world, are there any regulatory considerations you need to address? Uh, for example, you know, there is a radiation dose that the patient will be exposed to to get their scan uh, for the insole. Uh, how are you planning to address uh, potential concerns that patients and providers might have? Very good question. And as you know, that PetCat only exposes you to an ultralight a radiation dose of five microsieverts. And the justification comes currently from the referrer. As with any new technology and innovation, it takes studies to show the benefit for all stakeholders, from patient, surgeon, and podiatrist, to healthcare provider and government officials. We can show the benefit and the improvements for all parties, and it will require the clinical evidence, um, and for that, a larger number of scans and insole designs to show that the T-Sol system is the golden standard moving forward. Where do you envision T-Sols as a company to be in five years and then also in 10 years? Then we would be able to, uh, to have people worldwide provided the availability or the ability to, uh, to have insoles that fit perfectly inside the shoe of choice. You made a point earlier, which I thought was very interesting. You know, glasses and contacts were not the standard until the price point became achievable. Do you think it's something similar right now where, you know, someone might have not too much of their 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 eyesight might not be too impacted. Maybe they're just 20, 30 or 20, 40. Uh, they're not an extreme case. But even having glasses or contacts to adjust that uh, small adjustment has made a huge impact in their life. Do you think there's people that maybe, you know, they don't have severe foot problems, but just an insult to just adjust their foot slightly could result in, in vast improvements in their overall health? Do you think there's a parallel there? Is it similar? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I have the, the belief that that's the case. When it's very expensive, you only reach to that solution when there's no other solution at hand. And when you're that desperate, you're mm -hmm. suddenly your, your pockets are a bit deeper or you're willing to make different uh, uh, decisions. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean that that's only the population who would benefit from it. And there I see the, the similarity with glasses. In, in the olden days, when it was so expensive to wear glasses, you would only do that if you could not see anything in front of you. Mm -hmm. Then eh, you were willing to pay that much money for glasses. But it doesn't mean that glasses were only beneficial for that population due to the fact that glasses are now uh, much cheaper. You see a much larger population uh, wearing them because suddenly they can read a lot better or they, <laughs> they see that mm -hmm. driving a car is a bit easier with, with glasses on, even though they're not half blind. And the same goes for insoles. It doesn't mean that you need to have severe foot problems to have 
the benefit of therapeutic insoles. After hip surgery, a lot of the times there's leg length discrepancy. So you can overcome that with good measured insoles, um, where again, eh, the machinery of curve beam can be ideal to measure those uh, uh, differences in leg length. And then uh, with our software, you're able to calculate automatically the insole design, uh, which would compensate for uh, that leg length <laughs> difference. And not only for those types of patients, also if you have flat feet or for a lot of sporting activities where people don't run because eh, they keep getting problems on the, on the soles of their feet. That can easily be solved with uh, shoes that fit better or with therapeutic insoles in well-fitting shoes. Mm -hmm. So I do feel that there's a much larger population who would benefit from insoles than the current insole users. And maybe eventually that will be a new standard, just like you said so many people wear glasses and contacts. We'll look back and think about how, how we you, used to just wear how shoes. How could you buy shoes and think that, <laughs> exactly. that, that they would fit for all? Take out the, the, the <laughs> standard insole which is in there and put the insole in which fits your feet perfectly. Mm -hmm. I don't mm -hmm. have the same uh, feet as, as my partner or as my best friend. So even though I have the same size shoes as my mom, doesn't mean that uh, it, <laughs> the shoes... Uh, fit the same way because the, the bottom of my foot is very different. The anatomy of my foot bones is very different. So why not adjust it to me? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm just imagining... In, in running shoes, you always have a, a standard loose insole. Why not have uh, purchase your uh, running shoes, which come with the insole um, which fit your feet perfectly and which are designed in the way that you uh, run. So there needs to perhaps be a little bit more dimensions on, on the front side uh, or uh, lateral side of the, the insole. It's really dependent on uh, a lot of uh, factors and you need to be able to customize this. And that's yeah what we're able to do. And it'll be so interesting to study. Will that result in people being able to have better endurance, able to run faster uh, in, in the work setting? Would people be able, those who have to stand on their feet for hours a day, will, will they be uh, in less pain at the end of the day? Just all the potential applications. It's pretty exciting. Very true. And that's what what I also stated with, we need the clinical evidence, but how can you get towards the clinical evidence if you don't have the equipment to measure it? Right. <laughs> so uh, that's, again, where your equipment comes into play. We need to be able to see the data to then base our conclusions on um, actual data. Exactly. Exactly. That's what it comes down to. Th that's what we would like to do once we've designed the insole, place the patient back into the scanner with the insole and, and, and make measurements again. What do you see? Mm -hmm. What does it do with the internal uh, uh, anatomy of the foot bones? So I do feel that there will be a lot of uh, potential for different types of studies where currently those studies are not taking place. And the, the insole design hasn't fundamentally changed in over oh how, how long have they been making insoles <laughs> over 100 years there's been no fundamental innovation or a difference in how uh, the design is being made maybe the materials were a bit different maybe they and they looked at the gates but no one actually looked at the inside of the foot at the foot 
bones and the, the ligaments and the soft tissues. Why not? Because we didn't have your equipment. You needed to come to the market first to allow other parties like us to come with other kinds of innovations. And now, of course, yeah, we need to do the, the studies to, uh, to prove that this eventually, yeah, how I believe it, will be the golden standard moving forward. Absolutely. Well, if we have any uh, surgeons or podiatrists who are listening in or biomechanical engineers who are now uh, very excited and want to connect with you, how can people reach out to you? We definitely invite them to reach out to us. We have a website where people can find us. It's www.tsouls.com where you can find more information about our solution. And besides that, people can always reach us by sending us an email at info at tsouls.com. Or you can also reach out to our podiatrist partners from Podozorg, which are located in Almere in the Netherlands. And again, we very much welcome people who, uh, who are interested or uh, would like to work with us. Please reach out. Well, we'll definitely be watching uh, TSOLs and I'm sure it's going to revolutionize the industry. So best of luck. And uh, we, we look forward to watching your growth. Well, and thank you for providing us the uh, availability to be on this podcast and to explain a little bit more about the innovations, which uh, are a spin-off of the technology from Curvebeam. So we are very fortunate that uh, we have you uh, as a company who created this uh, innovation in the way of uh, scanning the foot and ankle of patients. And due to yeah, your innovations and other companies like ours are able to exist and give uh, patients the availability to other innovations. So yeah, we are very fortunate to now have the first machine in the Netherlands and we are much looking forward to giving more people the availability to have their foot and ankle scanned in Almere in the Netherlands. Thank you so much. You too. And have a great day. Thank you. We'll stay in touch. So we'll speak again soon. Absolutely. Talk soon. <laughs>